geht ein. Hello everyone and welcome to Anime Club After Dark, the podcast that delves into all things anime, manga, and otaku culture related. I'm your host, Alex, but you can call me Senpai, and joining me tonight, I have our Wizard of Wait What, Chinoda. It is a beautiful spring day. Take a nap outside in the grass, everyone. Enjoy life. Okay. And our Zarb source material, John. You can definitely tell Chinoda just rubbed one out. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> yep. That, you've, you've that been type sold of, out, man. That type of zen tranquility about smelling the flowers, sleeping in the grass, you definitely just rubbed one out before you the shit. Yep, that only comes from the clarity of an orgasm, my friend. <laughs> I plead the fifth. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you're right, you do. All right, so anyway, before we actually talk about what we're going to be doing tonight, which is a Slime Tensei spoiler cast, John, you actually have a, sli- a tad bit of sad news for us. All right, so um, not just a tad bit of slight news. For anyone who's a fan of Vocaloid or probably just a fan of his band, um, recently, as in less than 24 hours ago, Wawaka has passed away from acute heart failure at the Wait, age of... Wait, what? Yeah, Wawaka, and... Um, if you guys know him from his Vocaloid work, he's the one who made uh, Rolling Girl, Unhappy Refrain, World's End Dance Hall. These have all been featured in like uh, Project Diva and stuff. He also has a band called Hitori or Hitorie. I don't actually know how it's pronounced because I don't speak Moon Rune. And uh, <laughs> for people who don't know, their band actually did the seventh ending song for Boruto, uh, the song Polaris. And uh, yeah, it's just sad bit of news. Acute heart failure. Another one gets taken. Holy shit. Yeah. How old Acute was he? Acute heart failure is a very rare thing to die from in your 30s. And I actually thought about this. I was like, you know, there's like two other people that died of heart failure in Japan that I know of that are artists. And I was like, maybe kind of just speculating here, but I just thought maybe they overdosed on drugs and they're saying they passed away from acute heart failure. I don't know. But... Maybe to save the family. Yeah, but it's it's pretty sad because uh, Wawako is one of those, you know, like... um. <clears throat> A dollar in a dream type of guy started on Niku Niku Doga doing covers and started making Vocaloid music. Caught a break, started making music and people liked it. And now he finally started a band in like 2012 or 13, 14. It was fairly recent compared to like when his internet presence. And it's just really sad for me because uh, my favorite song by him is World's End Dance Hall. Like it's just so good. And uh, his. It is a pretty good song. And his band, Hitoria, he was the lead singer and lead guitarist, I believe. Their songs are actually all right, too, if you like J-Rock. And I'm, I'm pretty into J-Rock, and this is just sad, man. Sad. Yeah, I mean, it's always sad when someone dies that young. Yeah. Damn. 31. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> we obviously send out sympathies to all of his fans and his family, too. Yeah, they, uh, um... So, so... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> uh, Hitorie, or Hitori, again, don't know how to pronounce it. They just released their album two months ago. Uh, please support them. Right now, the band is suspended for now because, I mean, their lead singer and guitarist is dead. Uh, I have no other way of reaching out to them. Uh, I know that they're doing a Twitter thing. You can DM them on Twitter or post on Twitter or whatever and at them. You know, condolences. F's in the chat. Yeah. Uh, and I can always put uh, a link to their Twitter in the description of this episode as well. That'd be great. So people can, so people can go support them that way 
So anyway, tonight, as I mentioned before, what we are going to be doing is a spoiler cast for Slime Tensei, otherwise known as that time I got reincarnated as a slime. Um, I fuck it. Okay, before I before I start off about this, um, I have a very love hate relationship with Isekai, as many people know, and more more than often, what happens with Isekai that come out now is I hate them. <laughs> I genuinely loved this Isekai. <laughs> So, I to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, I understand why you would hate them because just like anything else, when something catches on, other people start making more of it and it just gets <clears throat> what's the word I'm looking for? Saturated? Yes, thank you. The market just overly gets overly saturated. Yeah, the market gets overly saturated with <clears throat> very atypical stories of like, oh, got hit by truckkun, now you're going to be reincarnated in a new world. Oh, you get cheap isekai abilities. And Slime Tensei fits this bill extremely well, but it's still an enjoyable ride. Well, it fits that bill in all but one way. Truck Coon does not make an appearance. No, no, Stabby McKnife Man does. <laughs> Stabby McKnife Knife is the one that makes an appearance in this one. I was actually, this may seem like a really like banal thing to, to focus on, but I was actually very happy that it wasn't a fucking truck that sent this person into the fucking afterlife. Or God. That... God accidentally just, threw a fucking plant on your head because he was watering his plants and kills you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I also love the fact that um, when what little we actually see of the real world in the first episode, there's actually a lot of humor in it because the main character's best friend, who actually had to go and look up what Rimuru's original name was, it's Satoru Mikami. <laughs> I had to go look that up because after the first episode, no one uses that name. Um, that... His best friend <laughs> opens like a letter and it's like, please destroy my computer. No, 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 no. Satoru, no, no, he says no, it no. to him. Yeah, Satoru was like, hey, I know that you're trying to show off your new wife to me, you bastard Kohai, but do one thing for me destroy my computer. Yeah, <laughs> and then don't after look. destroy it. And, and at the end of the episode, of the very first episode, after the credits, <laughs> Kohai Kun is like, yes, senpai, and he throws it in the water. Throws it in the water in and it goes, bathtub too. <laughs> and they even give a special little message saying, please don't do this at home. Yeah, please don't. That's like a little disclaimer, like, please don't do this at home. <laughs> yeah, at Slime Tensei is, it's, it's action, but it's, honestly more comedy than it is action which is why it yeah. seems a lot more enjoyable a lot which of um, I, I think it, it was a good thing that that was established very early on yeah a, a lot of these other isekai like the oversaturated market of isekai have this like oh we're gonna add action some comedy harem drama a little bit of this and that you know to try to make it well-rounded and it just ends up being bland because it's like you're not nothing here is new right isekai has been yeah. out and about for like well a over a decade pretty much yeah, a decade like it I mean, we've had more isekai than that. Like, uh, well, I don't know. Would you consider Dot Hack an isekai? I wouldn't. No, they were stuck in the game. Anyway. Uh, yeah, <laughs> anyway. It's, it's different. Yeah, isekai started out very slowly, and people were like, yeah, it's kind of okay, whatever. But it's nothing new. And this typical formula is fucking boring and bland, but Slime Tensei has a way about it that makes it better because they focus more on comedy than anything else, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, I would say that, you're, you're absolutely right that so many isekai try to be well-balanced by throwing a bunch of shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. But then you also have something like what ReZero did where it's like, let's just make the main characters suffer as much as possible. It was yeah, suffering like, yeah. 
Re, yeah. ReZero is an outlier, definitely, for Isekai, because it does not follow any typical formula. And um, <laughs> funny thing, one of the trends of Isekai right now, at least that I know of, is cooking. If you guys know <laughs> Death March, if you've seen yeah. Death March, if you actually read Death March, you know that it's more of a cooking light novel than anything else. <laughs> And uh, it's a cooking it's a cooking story disguised as a fucking yeah, isekai. I'm, I'm not even kidding. There's a bunch of isekai out there right now where they make cooking one of their main focal points. And I'm just like, that's cool and all. But like, you're not this is not new. This is not special. You're not executing this pretty well. You're doing it pretty piss poor. Like, I get it. You're trying to like substitute content and world building with this cooking aspect that doesn't really fucking matter. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just had a thought about Gordon Ramsay being transported to an isekai oh, world. No. <laughs> and what that would be like, Japan, do it. That'd be great, actually. That would be great. <laughs> this is fucking garbage. What are you? This, this orc is fucking garbage. I can't work with him. <laughs> that just makes me think of freaking Toriko. Like the, if you guys know what Toriko is, it's basically One yeah. Piece, but for cooking. Yeah, it's actually really it, great. But yeah. I think Toriko was made by the guy who made One Piece. Oh, really? Jesus. I think so. I don't remember. I just remember Toriko was something that came out, and it was like One Piece, but they were just going around cooking food and shit. Or maybe it was like Dragon Ball Z. I don't remember who made it. I just know that it was about cooking, and I read the manga, like the first 12, 15 chapters or so, and it was actually kind of entertaining, because it's like, this dude is super powerful, and all he wants to do is go around and cook rare food. Like, fuck everything else. Let's just cook rare food. Oh, cute. It's pretty funny, yeah. yeah. Anyways, get so back to I this. Think, I think we're all agreed that the, the first couple episodes of Slime Tense are pretty great at establishing, like, what's going on in the world, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. They were really yeah. good. And the animation they specially used in the first ep- uh, couple of episodes were phenomenal. They oh, my God, yeah. They somewhat down in quality of animation as the series went. I was pretty yeah. sad about that because they actually experimented and did different things with uh, how they showed the world and uh, Rimuru, uh, everything, honestly. And I was honestly a bit, bit disheartened about the fact that they took down the animation quality and the differences they made. So to Lack of money will do that to a studio. Well, to be fair, the animation quality dips a lot because the later volumes or the later episodes don't have a lot of action sequences to it. It's a lot of just dialogue and talking and world building. So there's no need to go all out compared to the first lot, couple of volumes. A lot of world building. A lot. That and, does uh, make sense. Yeah. And yeah, it, it, it really shocked me when I first saw the first episode because I was like, wow, the first five minutes of this show has more animation in it than all three seasons of Overlord combined. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> Chill! Um, some, speaking, well, speaking of the animation, I was also surprised, you know, when they have all the great sage scenes where it's it's literally just walls of text? Yeah. Like, even that great is animated really well. Yeah, I love the effects in the show. The, the sound effects are really great. Like, I was blown a fucking way with the first episode. I was like, this is great. Because this is coming right off of the Overlord 3 and coming off of Death March. And I'm like, God, those were such shitty adaptations of what happens. Like, the animation qualities were garbage. How it was adapted was garbage. The storyline was garbage. So I was like, fuck, I really hope they don't fuck up Slime Tensei. Because I actually do like this. And then when I I saw the first episode, I was like, oh my God, this is going to be great. It's going to be something I'm going to watch all season. And that's what I did. It's one of my three animes that I watched that season. 
<laughs> what were the other two? Um, the other t- oh, fuck, Kaguya and oh shit, you know what? It was just slime and Kaguya. Oh, the <laughs> other one you three. dropped. That's right, I dropped the other one. <laughs> what was the other one? I don't fucking remember. Let me. I gotta. I, I can check it real fast, but I just remember that it was something that I'm pretty sure I watched, but I was like, eh, the anime is whatever. But I'm not entirely sure. So, I'm just go ahead without me. <laughs> Okay, um, so I know that John will uh, will make the mention that this is actually a common idea in RPGs and JRPGs and isekai novels, but this idea of names conferring power to individuals is not really that popular outside of, like, Japanese fiction. All right, so um, I'm going to shit all over it. No, no, that. shut up. Shut up, Chinoda. I'll oh. shit on him. This is my job. Damn it, but I agree with you. <laughs> Hello, Anime Club fans. It's John, the guy who shits on every fucking thing because I'm a <laughs> bitter old man now. <laughs> I don't think that Slime Tensei differs at all from any other isekai because this name and this naming thing is pretty fucking common in other isekai. Just because they don't have animes yet, I'm pretty sure they will. Named enemies are actually very typical and where it's like, oh, look at this big bad. Uh, this named enemy is hella tough. What's what's gonna happen to the main character? Find out next week. And it's to, it's really boring, in my opinion, because it's it's like this is the main character. They always win, right? To expand on this, um, name names in a lot of cultures have power is a, yeah. a common belief. It's if you yes. look among many cultures, many cultures, I do say, names have a meaning to almost all of them, and. The fact that Slime actually uh, gave this a bigger representation, it is a little bit odd, but it's nothing new in the in the folds of storytelling and uh, mythos. It, it is fairly common. Slime just and... Slime did do a better job of uh, representing it, though. So, uh, well, that, that was going to be my point. My point was that this is kind of a thing in the real world that individ- the names of individuals can confer both power and influence. All right, but the thing is, from a storytelling point of view, from Slime's, like, story point of view, the only reason this is in here, like, the named enemy type of shit, is just an ex machina to make Remuro OP. It's just a tool to be used like that. I thought it was just a way to put him to sleep from time to time. No, it it's... You can see it in the anime and also if you read the web novel or light novel it's literally there so rimuru can just keep powering up it's like shonen time skips where it's like oh i was training in the mountains for a month that's why i'm hella op now type of shit it's an ex machina well, it's not just it's not just him he's powering up everyone around him especially <laughs> yes no. his allies specifically yeah but they're yeah. all they're all jobbers compared to like his true power like oh yeah, 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 yeah but they still true. help him but still yeah it's just I'm just saying that it exists in the in the show as just an ex machina. It's just a way out for the writer, which is kind of lazy, right? It's lazy to it is, me. It is it is in a way, yeah, for sure. This is actually one of the complaints I do have about the uh, the web novel that this trope that he uses of naming people and then gaining power and stuff. He it's just how he levels up, and it's really stupid. Like when he expends it, he gets more, and you'll find out later in season two more about the naming thing from Veldora, because, you know, Veldora's gonna let you know all about it later. <laughs> Veldora's the type of person that can't shut the fuck up for five minutes. He's lonely, listen, man. I would, I would listen to Veldora talk all day. I, I love that boy. 
<laughs> so I, I, I'm assuming it's fair to say, John, you don't actually think this concept is utilized that well in Slime Tensei. No, or at least it's utilized in a very lazy fashion. It's utilized as an ex machina because the author of the series just wanted a lazy way to give him powers and time skip, like time skip type powers without actually yeah. writing content. Like there's no real reason or without actually having a time skip. Yeah. It, it, and it's a lazy later on when you find out like how this works, how the naming thing works. And how it actually it, it becomes part of it later because the author realized like oh shit this was just lazy writing I need to fucking fill this gap and it just made it worse for me because I was like it's apparent that you didn't think about this when you started it it was just a funny <laughs> thing to do an ex machina that you left there it's, it's a lot like I, I mentioned this to Natai a couple of times it's it's a lot like um, Jorno's power in part five of JoJo's because. There's a reason he's not around for a lot of it. It's his power is too OP. Yeah, that's what it... And it's just lazy writing, man. That's why I don't think it's utilized very well. If there was an actual meaning to it from the start, then I'd have a different opinion, but there isn't. It's just lazy writing. Or if it was shown to have some kind of a limitation. Yeah, and you'll find out... there were some creatures you couldn't name. You'll find out in season two, probably. I'm assuming... Maybe. If they covered the same amount of volumes in season two that they did in season one, you'll definitely find out. So I think it's fair to say you believe that Rimuru might actually be too OP. <laughs> yes. Definitely yes. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, a lot of his a lot of his like abilities, especially like the um the mimic ability, mm. it just it's such it's a way out of almost any fight because all you have to do is like swallow this enemy, and right, then right. any enemy that's even remotely like that enemy that approaches you ever again is fucking toast. All right, so like literally, Rimuru's slime ability of Predator is an ex machina written inside for the show for him to just conveniently be like, "Oh, you're approaching me." <laughs> yada yada it is does. A rather broken. Uh, yada yada does. Aspect, it's like, yeah, and then. Every time it it leads up to the fight, like you've seen in the the goblin fight, the um, the, the what was it orc king disaster orc yeah. king orc lord orc disaster orc lord, yeah right? yeah the orc orc lord orc disaster. All Rimuru does is oh you're approaching me predate, fucking absorb <laughs> just like Ifrit, just like that's how he solves all his problems and all the major ones anyway. Yeah, yeah yeah and this happens throughout the entire series. This doesn't stop. It, it, it I actually sucks. wonder, is there anything that he can't, like, if he wanted to, could he have eaten the uh, whale? All right, so, Charidbis, yes. So, yeah, I don't want to throw out too many spoilers, because, again, this will all be revealed in Season 2, because they talk about how his predate skill, predation skill works, because it, it kind of works in tandem with naming, and how magic works in the universe. This all gets explained by Veldora later. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil anything yet. Not until season two comes out, and then if they don't adapt it, I'll let you guys know. But it it has a reason of why he's OP. But it's really stupid because again, it's just lazy writing. Like here's a new big baddie. Oh, great sage combat skills. Oh shit, my combat skills don't work. What should I do? Oh, I can just predate. Yeah, sure. Fucking absorb new powers. It's like oh, well that was anticlimactic. You fought them, he beat your ass because your skills suck compared to him, so you just absorb him. <laughs> like, oh, well, isn't that what you did for literally every single big baddie of every fucking volume? 
It doesn't change. I also find it. I also find it very odd that there hasn't been any other slimes at least introduced at this point yet. So I'm kind of wondering: Is Rimuru like a unique monster in this world? So unique monsters are named monsters in this world. Every monster, because they show this in the beginning, where monsters don't have names unless they're unique, and the only people who can grant you names are people who are stronger than you. Yeah. So he's unique in the sense that, um, <clears throat> as we know. People from other worlds come there all the time, you know, except Rimuru wasn't transported to a, a new world. He was killed and he reincarnated. So it makes him different yeah. because of that, which is why he has the cheat skill. Cause, and it was also Veldora who gave him his name. Yeah. So that lets you know, like, he obviously wasn't strong in the beginning, but once he gets named, he becomes a unique character or a unique slime because he's named now. And again... Veldora will explain this all later. I really don't want to say anything because it's, <coughs> it's... I just think it'd be, it would be a very interesting fight to have Rimuru go up against another slime. <laughs> a slime like him? Slime I don't think on so. slime action. Ooh, yeah. I would pay to watch that. Slime on slime action. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> it would be the, name of, be the name of the episode. Slime on slime action. Anyway. You know Milam would be in the middle of that. Anyway, <clears throat> stop looting Milam. Milam is a 10,000-year-old dragon. She's legal... <laughs> Wait, what do you mean stop? You mean keep on doing it? <laughs> I feel like I feel like that the idea of like age of consent doesn't apply in this world. Not really, especially when everyone else kind of just wants to suck your slime balls, <laughs> your slime dick. <laughs> hey, the great thing about being a slime is size really doesn't matter. Well, the thing about well, they they talk about this in the um episode where he gets Shizu's body, but he's actually not gendered. So you can take the forms, but it has no actual like genitalia. I'm yeah. sure he could uh, find a way to create some if he really wanted to. No, in in the light novel it's expressly said that he cannot make genitalia. He make the shapes. Oh, that's but he so can't. boring. <laughs> he can make the shapes but not the uh, not the functionality. Yeah. Oh, because that's he's just... so boring. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure if he was like Great Sage, I want to impregnate these girls. It probably come up with something, but Slime Tensei is actually very PG thirteen. Well, more like PG fourteen. It's a little bit more okay, more killing and stuff. <clears throat> well, you you do see that when when Rimuru turns around when when he finally gets the the humanoid body, it's like there's literally nothing there. There are no nipples. There's no genitalia. There's no nothing. Yeah. So <clears throat> in again in the light novel, it's dived into a little bit more, but basically it's he can make the genitalia if he wanted to. Because, you know, to create shapes, he just needs to use magic. But they will basically be, um, what's that word? Non-functioning. Well, non, that's not the word I'm looking for. No. Fuck, what is it? It's, um, vestigial. Ah. They'll be vestigial. Gotcha. It'd just be for looks. Yeah. Interesting. I still think it'd be fun to watch him fight another slime. (laughs) I know, it'd just be a giant orgy of absorb. (laughs) Absorba. All right, so uh, one thing I did want to talk about is the middle point of this season was slightly slower paced than the rest of the season, and I kind of want to talk about whether that helped or hurt the adaptation because there's a there's a point like I want to say it's around episode like eight to episode maybe thirteen fourteen where it starts to feel a lot like a um, slice of life show within an isekai. All right, to be fair. The anime had 23 episodes total of, like, the actual anime. And this adapted 
three volumes of the light novel or of the web novel or four volumes of the light novel <clears throat> and that's a lot of chap that's a lot of episodes per like a uh, chapter per volume per volume yeah typically we see like 12 episodes gets about three or sometimes even four volumes because they skip a shit ton of stuff uh and for a show to get double the amount of episodes for the exact same amount of content this is why it seems so slow the very first two volumes are adapted in my opinion fairly well they don't skip a lot of stuff and when you get to like the well, the second half of the second volume that's when it starts to slow down because it's like all right guys like we did volume one in five episodes volume two in like six episodes so we're gonna try to keep that same pace but we still have like 13 episodes to go like yeah <laughs> unless we make we it. gotta fill this out somehow yeah, so that's why it seems like it drags on and to be fair to be honest the uh, second half of the series, the last 12 episodes, there's a lot more dialogue and a lot less action. And they didn't include a lot of the dialogue, or they, they did include a, a fair amount of the dialogue and the internal monologuings of Rimuru, which is great. There's a lot of world building. And- yeah, a lot, a lot of internal monologues. Yeah, and, and that's because this sets it up for actually like volume 5, 6, and to the end, 13 where all the shit happens. Like, the next season is going to be, as long as it's going to be volume 5 and 6, 7 and 8, those four, it's going to be great. Because this is, like, where everything starts to connect. So I'm actually pumped for season 2. And I think it did well in the pacing, so that way we care more about the world. Uh, it's a little sad that we have yeah, to wait to, like, honestly... um, was it 2020? 20... It's sometime in 2020, an actual date I don't think has been announced yeah. yet. So it, we've got a while to go, but I think it, it did it fairly well. I I actually do too because I just I like the whole world building concept and it was like literally world building. They're building an entirely new country out of nothing, and it was it was kind of cool to watch it all come together by Rimuru going around and incorporating all these different races into this new community. Yeah, I'll agree to <laughs> I, that. It was the fact that uh, he went around and actually got allies for his own nation, and then. Uh, forge alliances with uh, other nations as well on top of the fact that there was still right, hold on, uh, hold plenty on. of characters so <laughs> sorry to interrupt you here chinoda but okay no, that's fine. he actually doesn't do that so all he did was go to dwarf city to get carpenters because he's like yeah well we can't live in fucking straw hats and stuff with these wolves and goblins now and it's kind of like the world sees him and it's like you know he doesn't know his own worth yet and it isn't until everyone okay, yeah, else was enough. like you know what this guy is a great guy. He's going to be the next, like, he's going to bring us all together. And they kind of just pile it on top of Rimuru. And that's why it's funny to me. Because in most isekai, we have the main character guy going around and trying to make a difference. Rimuru was just like, yeah, I'm just going to take it easy, man. Slow life. Like, just <laughs> do what I can do for now. And this this is actually very important because it plays into the very next couple volumes really well. Where shit gets kicked into high gear. And that's why it's like this. It's on purpose. Trust me. Well, that, that, that's the whole the whole point. Is like, I when I was watching this, I thought, well, I really hope this gets more episodes because I feel like they're actually going somewhere with this. Like, there's a reason we're spending so much time doing this whole nation building thing. Yeah, like it's gonna be important down the road. It's like, but I gotta just I gotta go with it for now. Yeah, it's it all will make sense in the next season. Like I said, everything gets answered, and volume five, six, seven, and eight are gonna be gold. Trust me on this. I, it's also amazing to me that, like, before Rimuru got here, it's like none of these people ever kind of thought to maybe work together to solve their fucking problems. 
Well, that comes... Well, that is the thing that was explained in Season 1. It's power is the strongest thing. Yeah, Not so yeah. the thing is, like, um, and all that. <clears throat> the monsters don't really have a hierarchy because it's all a power, like, grab. Whoever is at the top or anyone who's named, and anyone who's named is usually only named by people way stronger than them, like the Demon Lords or Demon Lord Assistants. Yeah. <clears throat> Which is why... <clears throat> oh, my God. I've got to clear my throat. Talking too much. <laughs> have some water. <laughs> I haven't talked to anyone for a while, so this is why, like, it's not... Anyway. That sounds so sad. <laughs> I haven't, like, haven't talked to anybody in a while. <laughs> no, there's just some days I don't... H- hug me! Some days. Some weeks I just go days without talking to people. This don't worry about it. <laughs> anyway, I'm I'm your fucking editor. I stay in my room all day. What do you guys expect? You want me to come on this I don't podcast know. and get talk? some sunshine, please? <laughs> no, sunshine is the enemy. I know it is, but <laughs> apparently we need it. How can I become the star of source material if I have to go outside? If he's not reading source material, you can exactly. read outside. Anyway, these monsters do not work together typically because there is a power, like power grab and a power vacuum. Where, like, one race believes it's stronger than the other. Like, in the very first episode, when the goblins were being attacked by the wolves, the wolves are like, well, since the dragon's gone, nothing's stopping us from expanding our territory. They could have lived in harmony with all the animals, right? With, like, the goblins, the other mm-hmm. monsters. But the wolves were like, fuck that, we're stronger. We'll just kill most of them and then make them take care of us and take over their village. That's why no one works together, because there's a power vacuum. When that exists, like- people gotta, people are always gonna come in and try to take over. Like, uh, What's that fucking lizard? The lizard who got named Gabriel? Gabe? Gabby. Yeah, Gabby. Gabby. Yeah. Gabby. 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 I love Gabby. I love his little peanut crowd. The ones who are like, you're so awesome, Gabby. They're always so. Sasuke Gabby. His little. His friends were just like. Gabby. Gabidu is a is like a lesson in hubris. It's like it's why you never take yourself too seriously. And I I think they portrayed Gabidu really well because it's how he is in the novel. He's like, what a fucking asshole. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you're he's so, so far lovable though is the thing. Yeah, and he, he shows a lot more growth in the um in the novel. So he he actually there's a lot of development and stuff in the in the in the series which I really like. And it's just it's amazing because every single person or every single hierarchy in this story seems to exploit power vacuums the instant they see them yeah because it's the only way to get on top in this world everyone values power which is why everyone's afraid of the demon lords they sit at the top you know like i said um milim being technically the physically strongest demon lord scares a lot of people she's a, a disaster that if anyone pisses her off for any fucking reason she could just wreck them with her dragon buster Dragon Buster. <laughs> I think that's what she calls her punch, Dragon Buster. But yeah, that's <clears throat> I think so too. And that's just how the world works, which is why again, they don't work with each other because of this. They do yeah. explain it. So, which is which I found really good. They did a lot of world building in season 1, which they did. really is a good thing. It sets up the rules, it sets up the understanding, everything. It's also why I don't actually fault the anime for doing this the way they did it. Because if you think about it, Rimuru disrupted the balance of power by taking Veldor out of the cave, right? Yeah. But yet, he's very slowly resetting that balance of power as he's gathering allies and having them join his new nation that he's building. Yeah, and this is part of the, like, when he comes across a weaker tribe, he helps them out instead of, like, absolutely crushing them, making them slaves. 
Like, we saw that with the goblins. We saw that with the wolves. We saw that with the orcs. We saw that with the lizards. And then now the whole Jura Forest Alliance. Like, Trainee, mm-hmm. the Driad Trainee, fun fact. I thought she was Trainee as in, a, like, a secretary. But her actual name is actually Trainee. It's kind of funny. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It was a weird thing. I don't know why they spelled it Trainee, like, how we would say, like... With an I-E instead of an E-E? No, no, with an E-E in the, um, the web novel because it was a fan translation. So I assumed she was, like a trainee because Rimuru thought she was going to be the um the one heading the whole operation for the forest but her uh-huh. actual name is actually trainee like t-r-a-y-n-e-e I, I was like oh that's kind of weird but also kind of makes that's sense funny because the anime spells it a completely different way it's like t-r-e-y-n-e or something like that yeah so her name is actually trainee she's not the trainee to take over which is why Rimuru was confused <laughs> <laughs> and then and then uh, mal spells it t-r-a-i-n-i-e yeah however the fuck you spell it anyway it was trainee that was like you know because the dryads um in the novel he there is exposition where it talks about the dryads are the ultimate protectors of the forest because they are the only ones who can commune with the trents are they so there's they're called the giant walking trees triads yeah yeah triads so that's why the dryads are considered in the Jura Forest, the highest on the food chain right before Veldora or right after Veldora because Veldora is obviously, you know, when he was sealed, everyone's afraid of disturbing the seal and then him just coming out and destroying everything because he's like literally one in four of the strongest things in the world. So other than him protecting the forest with his aura, the Dryads and the Treants are actually the strongest, which is why, again, everyone thought they were, well, Rimuru thought they were going to fill the vacuum. But when they dumped it on him, he was like, all right, well, since I have so many different nations now, so many different types of monsters, may as well just go along with it and, and just create this type of city where everyone can live freely. Because, you know, he's still human yeah. at heart, right? And he's like, I don't, he yeah. doesn't like seeing discrimination. And that's something, it just, the, the anime really skips out on that. Because during the monologuing, when he fights the Star Wolves, when he saves the goblins, and when he fights the orcs, there's a lot more, like, um dialogue in his mind where he talks about stuff comparing it to the old world and how he feels this new world is fucked in the head by believing that these demon lords have to set everything up he's like that's stupid he want, he just wants to live peacefully and yeah this is why the episode where uh with orc disaster the orc lord was fucking beautiful because they actually did include the monologue where he talks to the gelmudo or is, is it gelmudo who the fuck was that guy's name the orc lord gelmud gelmud so, yeah, when he talks to the Orc Lord and the Orc Lord is like, yeah, I did this for my people. And this shows a lot of character because Rimuru is like, oh, this guy isn't actually bad because he wants to take over. He just had to do what he had to do to make everyone, to help everyone in his tribe survive. And I was just like, this is beautiful. Like, it, it brought a tear to my eye when I read it. And when I saw the episode, it still brought a tear to my eye because I was like, these orcs aren't bad people. They were just stuck well, in a shitty situation. It, it's that it's that old like thing with human beings. It's like a lot of humans are just generally good people, but you put them in dire straits, and then their natural tendencies come out. Yeah, it's us or them. It's there's the their nature for survival. Yeah, and this all plays well into the founding of the city, and again when the shit hits the fan, and what Rimu, how he reacts, all these things that happen to him. Even though the combat scenes are literally just OP, ha! Ah, I'm just gonna eat you and take over. It does build his character. Yeah, it just it was fun, kind of for a few episodes watching me create the United States of Jura. <laughs> yeah, 
Oh, there. Um, it's a lot more organized and stable than that. <laughs> For now. No comment. <laughs> For now. Um, do you guys actually... Do we, well, I know John probably knows the answer to this because he's read further ahead in the source material. Um, are there any actual downsides, you think, to being such a natural diplomat like Rimuru is in this particular world? So the thing is, Rimuru isn't really a diplomat. Everyone else kind of just goes along with the flow and doesn't want to piss him off. Because Rimuru himself has too much, um, too much resources. Power. Well, not just power. People aren't afraid of him about his power. They're afraid of him because of how he's trying to make everything equal. Uh, they see Rimuru as a tool to help advance and progress their nations. So that way they don't have to wage war. So that way they can trade stuff and progress into the future. They see his potential because, you know, when the Dwarf Queen finds him and it's like, holy shit, this dude can produce, like, mithril swords in fucking 10 seconds. He can also produce this high-class medicine that can literally heal limbs. Like, holy shit, this is a great asset for our country. And everyone who comes into contact with Rimu and sees how his city works and how he treats everyone equally understand that he is a just person that just wants to live peacefully. He is someone who doesn't want conflict. And he's not a natural diplomat in that sense because he's not actively going out and trying to forge these bonds. People are just attracted to him because he's trying to make the world a better place. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, he, he does he does act like a diplomat in the sense that he knows that he has a superior position when he negotiates. Yeah, because he was a businessman before. So he understands yeah. that. Yeah, he was a general contractor. But again, it's not that he goes out and tries to make world peace. It's just... Part of his vision was, I just want to construct my own city that's free, that's recognized by the people, that's for the people. My country. Shall not perish from this earth. (laughs) (laughs) And um, Uh the only downsides that I would consider about how he's trying to construct a everyone is equal type of country is that it disrupts a power balance. Because the corrupt people do not like that type of shit. Well, corruption doesn't like equality in general. so. So... it kind of sets it up for why, like, the demon lords try to pick on him. And also why, like, when we get exposed to the fucking corrupt holy city later. I do hope they um, look into those themes a lot more in the next season, if possible. Oh, no, literally the next yeah, chapter is sure. going to be about, like, Rimuru being too good and then people wanting to fuck him over. So <laughs> that's why I'm excited so for the Rimuru next season. So Rimuru will ha- actually have to deal with corruption? Rimuru has to respond to the worlds that now recognize him as a nation. Okay, good, good. Which is why, like By I the said, way, one... going to hit the fan. She, yeah. Uh, I said one great thing about Rimuru in this sense is that if he likes you, he will give you an infinite supply of manga. <laughs> yeah. Insta-copy oh your manga. Oh, my God. He... Yeah. All he has to do is, if he remembers it, he can copy it down. And <laughs> he remembers a lot like, of stuff. I thought that scene was great. He's like, do you have some paper? And the guy gives him like a whole fucking stack of paper and he ingests it and then he spits out a fucking Tankoban. volume of manga. Yeah. He, he spit out a whole entire Tankoban. And it's really... <laughs> and then <laughs> and then at the end he goes, oh, I don't know if this is actually adequate thanks for you, but... Bleh, and then manga just sprays out everywhere. Yeah, and then like uh, the... You know, and this is to Yuki, the summoned hero who is the guild master 
who created the uh, guild association. And he's like, Master, I'll serve you forever. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I'm surprised Rimuru didn't think to just uh, hold back a bit and give him like one at a time just to hold some edge over Oh, I him. think he's got more to give him. Don't worry. It's because he, Rimuru knows that after, so after the whole uh, taking care of the kids arc, he knows that he needs to go back to his town and he's not going to be able to visit because now he, he left the diplomatic stuff to, um, fuck, who's that old man? The old man goblin that became his... Rigard. Rigard? Yeah, Rigard. Rigard? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Rigard, so he left Rigard. it to Rigard to do all the diplomatic stuff, but he knows that since he is now the uh, chairman of the Forest of Jira and he has so many people to take care of, he can't, like, willy-nilly just go visit people. That's why he was like, this should hold him for a while for the next, like, I don't know, three years before I need to go see Yuki again. Yeah. It's also worth mentioning, I didn't realize this until it was pointed out, like, there's nearly two years have passed from the start of the, from the first episode to the last episode. Yeah, so, um, the first... Yeah, they did not, like, uh, give a special time or anything. It, it seemed to... No. In, it, in it just seems to take place naturally. You don't get a sense of time really passing, but you see it happening. Yeah, so in... In the light novel, in the in the web novel, uh, the first like arc happens in two weeks, <laughs> and then once he establishes the first city, there's like a month after that, and then there's like four months after that. There's a lot of time skips. You, yeah, you, they're just time skips you don't really notice that much. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I think, the best way to do a time skip, honestly. So like, um, really it, it the- can be. It depends on the show and all that. A show like this uh, and how they did it, it, it worked out beautifully. Yeah, like uh, yeah. after the Great Battle of Jura Forest, the Orc Lord thing, it's like a month. That's when they create the actual fra- Federation of Jura Forest or whatever the fuck it was. Uh, and then The Jura Tempest Federation. <clears throat> yeah, that. And then after that, there's like a half a year. And then Rimuru was like, oh, I should probably go. That's when he's starting to have the, the dreams from Shizu. That's when he's like, mm-hmm. mm, I should probably go and see those kids. And then he travel- when he travels there, it takes him like a month. And... These are things that are left out. The time skip stuff is left out because it's all just wait. Like, it takes backstory. him a whole month to travel over there. Yeah, because he traveled in the anime. In the anime, it says three days. <laughs> yeah, the wolf gets him there in like three days. He can run there with yeah. um. I don't remember the wolf's name. <laughs> um, fuck. Yeah, I, <laughs> I know this. Best wolf. Let, let's let's just call it that. Sundari wolf. Ranga. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ranga can go can uh, get Rimuru anywhere hella fast because he can run really fast forever. For as long as his stamina holds out. But the thing is, Rimuru doesn't like traveling like that because, you know, it's like this is not... He's just constantly being jumped up and down. This is established when they first go to the Dwarf Kingdom where they're riding the Shadow Wolves. And they're like, wow, this is a bumpy ride. But yeah, it it takes him like a week or a month or some shit to get to the city because he encounters like wildlife and stuff. And it's just basic boring stuff. That's why they probably didn't include any of the time skips to show you because it's pretty boring. Like... It being there, it or it be, being just implied that it happened, is fine. Which I think was fine. That that like, yeah. take um, take fucking note, anime adapters. That's the type of shit that you need to leave out. Okay, things yes, that are really absolutely. insignificant that you can just infer to, and people would be like, "Oh, okay, that happened." All right, nothing really critical happens at all. Traveling. Oh wow, he didn't encounter nothing. He just finds wildlife, talks about the world. Oh, um. So you kind of mentioned this in a roundabout way, but this entire story is starting to have an absolutely massive supporting cast. Oh, yeah. And I'm starting, like, I 
and, and there are certain stories where that's great to have a massive supporting cast because it fills out the world and it makes for great world building. But in a way, I almost am very hesitant to say this is a good thing because you, as the story goes on, you want fulfillment for all of these characters. You want like an ending for like a, an ending to the story arc of these characters. You, and we I'd want see, to see their story arcs finished. I would hate. I would hate for like down the road the story to be like we have to spend we have to spend like chapters and chapters and chapters wrapping up everyone's story. All right. So, good and bad news. Uh, bad news is. The author is a fucking lazy piece of shit and likes to just oh, introduce <laughs> new characters and new elements to oh, aid the story. Uh, good news is the author definitely does not try to build them too much. Like, they kind of just show up and like, hey, this is a new person. They're kind of important for, like, one thing. And they'll they'll just be, like, in the shadows for the rest. And then they're gone. Yeah, but the main <laughs> cast is still going to be there. They're the, still the more important people. Like, the... um. Rigor, the uh, the Oni, Gobuta. the council. Yeah, like the main characters that we saw in season one are the ones who stick around. So don't worry. Every okay, new character that enough. gets introduced after this isn't actually going to be like a reoccurring thing. They're not going to get their own arc. And again, it's because of lazy I would, writing. I hope not. I, w- I would hope not because eventually it's uh, it's it's going to get the best of any writer. Yeah, <laughs> having to wrap up all of those stories. Oh. Um, so I feel like I shouldn't ask this because I feel like it'll be explored more in season two, but I'll ask John, are the demon Lords really incompetent or is it just like a show? All right. And as I've, uh, talked about, I don't know, wait for season two. You'll see. (laughs) (laughs) I just, all right. I'll say this. I'll say this. Walpurgis. That's all you need to know. Okay. You'll, you'll know what that is. Walpurgis. Okay. All right. For all my, for all my web novel readers out there, you know what's about to happen next. The freaking banquet okay. of demons, Walpurgis. Just wait. I guess that'll that'll be it. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess uh, some of the, the well, there is one last thing before we wrap up. So, and I think this will also be explored in season two as well, or maybe even further on. So. When Rimuru is narrating the story, typically towards the beginning or the end of each episode, mm-hmm. he's always doing it in the past tense. Yeah, because... So I'm, I'm wondering if this is like a hint of what's to come in the story. I don't know. Maybe you should just read the web novel, all 13 volumes. They're all translated. I oh, know. fuck you, John. <laughs> I know fuck that. I, I know that. But I'm just saying, like, if it is... Because I have a theory. I don't know if it's true or not. Of course... The the novel's still ongoing, correct? Yeah. No. Uh, it's so the main series is already done, and the really two, yeah, and the two bonus volumes are also already out, but they're not fully translated yet. But the main web novel, the thirteen volumes, are completely out and translated. I see. Well, I just my theory is that he's telling the story in the past tense because, and and the the seed was planted when he went to do the the take care of the kids arc that there might actually be a way for him to get for people to get back to the worlds they came from. No, I don't know. Man. So read. I just, my theory, <laughs> my theory is that maybe he found some way to get back to the real world. And he's telling the story now. I, I don't know. That's man. my theory. You could just read the light novel, the web. novel. I could just read the light novel. I know I could do it. I could do it. I know. All right. Just, just saying. I just, that's my theory. 
That's my theory, and that's that's just my theory of why he narrates in the past tense. All right. I, we'll see anyway, what happens. So to wrap this up, I will neither this confirm up, I wanna, nor deny. I will I will take that under advisement. <laughs> um, I want to ask John, since you have read the source material, I think you've, you've sort of alluded to this throughout the course of this, but in your opinion, what, how was the quality of this anime adaptation? Was it good, bad, in between? I honestly loved the adaptation. A solid 8 out of 10. I loved the actual graphic animation, something that I normally don't care about in shows but it was just that fucking good uh i love the music i loved how fantasy and like slice of life it, it was set up because this this novel itself is really just a comedy slice of life fantasy comedy slice of life and it portrays that extremely fucking well yeah it's a fantasy slice of life with an isekai veneer yeah and it's pretty fucking well adapted it did not leave out also we didn't even, it did not leave out a bunch of major parts we didn't talk about this at all, but like both of the OPs are really good. <laughs> oh my god! They're... It sounds great, and the actual visuals for him were beautiful. And the fact that yes. uh, the very first OP and ED had a a story, like if you actually just played them back to back, it was a full on story. Yeah. yeah, there were spoilers, and like that was really neat. Yes, there were spoilers in it. But it's okay. That that stuff happens. All right. We didn't talk That's about this. so par for the course in OPs and EDs these days. We didn't days. talk about this, but episode 24 of Slime Tensei is an actual spoiler for something that happens way further on. And it's... Yeah, that is, that is it, something it, we can talk super, about. Because episodes 24 and 24.5 just felt like OVAs. And you said it's because they're both based on Omakes. All right. So, first of all, at the end of episode 23, the Great Sage did say that episode 24 was an extra, an Omake. And episode 24 is kind of just a teaser of what's going to happen in season 2, like towards the end of season 2. And episode 24.5 is an actual omake that actually comes from the novel and, and is also in the manga, where it's the point of view of Veldora because of reasons. Because best boy. Veldora, no, yeah, Veldora's best boy. He's fucking... One, one thing I like, um, my favorite characters so far in, in there would be Milam and Veldora. And that's because they actually interact with Rimuru. Everyone else around Rimuru kind of just acts like, oh, all hail great lord Rimuru. Nothing he says is ever Sasuga. wrong. Yeah, like Sasuga. And they're kind of just, like, bending backwards for him. But then there's... To, there's to, uh, It's a lot like how people respond to Gabadu, except not as vocal. Yeah, and they're not even, like, funny, like Gabadu's crowd. They're kind of just like, oh, whatever. Rimuru, you're, you're super strong. We just listen to you. But then Veldora and Milam are like, yeah, we don't give a shit. And they, they play off each other like Sukome and Boke. And I fucking love the dynamic between them, which is why Veldora and Milam are my favorite characters. <laughs> also, Milam is super cute. Uh, super cute. <laughs> she's so stupid, but so strong. She's. she's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you're such a lollipop. <laughs> uh, must protect. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm gonna argue with that for a legal age, she's though. Not, Come on. Not even the fact that she's legal age or anything. The fact that she doesn't even look like an actual lully. Like she barely does. She looks more like I'll a teenager know. than anything. That's that's debatable. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to go to jail tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that's debatable. I mean, there's nothing illegal about saying Milim is cute because she's a 2D animation. Can't arrest me that's for this, true. FBI. As we talked about in our previous episode. Uh, um, 
So I do want to mention my favorite story arc was the Orc Lord arc. I I, I love that story arc because of the way it's portrayed. Like it's it's literally it's an allegory for human beings coming up against impossible odds and doing what they have to do to survive. Yeah, it's a very great arc. I loved reading it and I loved watching it and I thought it was done really well. I was concerned yeah, about initially- the pacing. So initially I was worried about the pacing. I was I always talked to Jason because me and Jason have already read this web novel. But I was concerned about the pacing that they wouldn't even get to the children because I was like, oh, it looks like they're only going to do the first three volumes, not the fourth one. But they did, so it's fine. Yeah. Initially, it I looked just... like it was just going to be a fight of uh, bad guys versus good guys and all that. But then, like, you, ac- they actually went into it and explored it, and it was a lot more morally great than that. And I really appreciated the fact that they went there. Well, they kind of... Uh, it was more mature. Yeah. So so something about the Orc Lord arc that you guys don't know because you don't read the web novel is that the fight scenes are actually longer in the web novel because well, all, the, um, all the Oni actually fight their own battles and have their own dialogue and reflect, and they actually try to fight the Orc Lord themselves. And they kind of just brush over that because, you know, they got time slots to fill, and they, would, they weren't... They already made us wait, like, three episodes to see the fight, and then they wrap up the fight in, like, 18 minutes. <laughs> I was like, this fight could actually last for like two episodes, a full forty minutes for both ep- for two episodes, because of the buildup was good. Yeah, though. but then that's one thing that I complained about because I was like, ah, oh, the payoff was pretty terrible because there was a buildup, but they don't even include like the super cool stuff, like when Shion tries to fight him with her sword, or when um fucking Benny Maru tries to fight him with magic. That would yeah. be that would have been nice to see. Yeah. Yeah, and it kind of just shows... That would have been great Well, the thing see. is, like, they kind of just, like, fight him for a second, right? Do that one hit, and they're like, oh, we can't fight him. Lord Rimuru! And then the Rimuru comes out of, <laughs> you know... Because in, in the novel, they actually do have their own chapters for this fight, where it's detailed about how they're trying to fight him. They try different aspects, and then Rimuru does come in and save him later. But it's when it becomes more of a close call and someone almost gets fucking eaten that he steps in. It kind of just, like... You know, catches the fist. You know that typical uh, fighting thing where they someone comes out of nowhere and catches the fist, and then like, oh, who are yeah. you, Nani? Oh my god! Yeah, it's kind of Nani, it's kind of like that. Bakuna. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> or oh my my favorite one is where they where people catch swords. It's like really, <laughs> yeah, dude. Catch it with two fingers. Listen, it's a it's a cliche as fuck trope, but I love it. Oh hey, my man. god, Action. I love it. Action sequences need to have shit like that. All right. Yeah, you're, you're right. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but they, it's neat. Anyway, so again, to reiterate, they skipped very minimal, big, important things from the source material to be adapted. And I, I thought it was a solid adaptation. I'm waiting for season two. Yeah. Um. What To your knowledge, was there any... Well, I'm, this would be your knowledge. Was there any anime-only content, or did it just draw specifically from the light novel slash web novel? Other than episode 24, but then again, that's more like a teaser of what's to come. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, does anyone have anything else to say before we wrap up? Slime Tensei Milam 2020. Milam is best girl. Yeah, I, Milam best girl. Um, I, I, it's safe to say that all of us are looking forward to the second season in 2020. Yeah, man. Oh, most uh, definitely. So long I'm as they keep up that... the quality and everything, I'm, I'm going to be happy. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm hoping that I'm surprised that Eight Bit did as good a job on this as they did. So good on them. Um, I'm I'm kind of hoping that with the announcement of a second season so soon that they're kind of planning to do a full on adaptation, which would be great. That's risky. Um, my only con- it's so risky, really but 
my only concern here is that they already adapted four volumes, right? So they have eight mm-hmm. to go. Or no, what's that? Nine to go. So nine are they going to gonna go. smash all nine into 24 episodes? Are they going to smash like only four more volumes or three more volumes and then save the last four or five? Like, I don't know how they're going to split this well, up. We don't have an episode count, so we don't know exactly how they're going to do that. Either. I'm hoping that they just take four, no, take three volumes for the next ones because those are in a block and then save the last five for its own last season because the last five kind of just goes really fast. It's all fights. Okay, how how I would be okay uh, with long that. do you think uh, season two should be twenty four episodes and then season three be twelve episodes? Oh yeah, no no no, okay. no. season no no season two would be twenty four and season three would also be twenty four. It should stay twenty four twenty four. Oh really? There's enough content for that much? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. All right, but I I'm I would be thrilled for a complete adaptation. There there seems to be way more you know openness in the anime industry now for complete adaptations of of light novels and manga. So hopefully that's what we're going to get. I'm again, extremely shocked that they didn't rush this. <laughs> and I'm glad they didn't. Cause Holy fuck. It really blew it out of the park. Do you, rush. You mean like overlord? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Three volumes for 12 episodes. That's pretty typical though, right? Yeah. It seems to be any more par for the course. Or one volume for two, <laughs> two or three episodes. Oh man. It's the best. Ugh. All right. Well, if no one has anything else, thank you all out there for dropping in to listen to us. We hope you enjoyed it because we always enjoy bringing this stuff to you. If you want to check out previous episodes of the podcast, you can find us on YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. If you want to keep up with what we're doing and have a little more fun, you can join our Discord server, become a member of our Facebook group, follow our Twitch channel, and visit our website. And if you have any questions, comments, criticisms on this or any episode, feel free to shoot us an email. Links to all these things will be down below in the description. As always, I have been your host, Alex, and I will see you next time. Say goodnight, everybody. Good night. Thanks for joining us, guys. See you next time. Sudaim. I love how they say slime. Sudaime. <laughs> <laughs>